You're here on a rather adventurous night. This is a night wrought with terror, frights around every bend. Not from, not so much from the paranormal, but I'm in a hotel room with dodgy internet, and I'm not sure how this is going to go. So we are here for an experiment in fear, a conversation of the paranormal and more of what you would expect from the best in paranormal talk radio i'm dave schrader an evening on the road live from ohio next right here on the paranormal 60 i'm not gonna stand here and listen to this baloney he won't know he doesn't stand for baloney Is there anything more terrifying than making your way to the airport, getting through security, getting to the gate, and finding out your flight's been canceled? You're forced to stay another night in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, the humanity! Well, that's what's going on in my world, but I'm going to make the very best of it. I would like to apologize to my guest that was supposed to be on with me tonight. She has so eloquently allowed me to, we're going to go live tomorrow at noon central, right here. Same Dave channel, same, not same Dave time because it's going to be at noon tomorrow. But we are going to do that show, which is Warlocks and uh, the Crone. That's going to be an interesting conversation. So I hope that you'll be here tomorrow with me and my guest as we discuss that. Uh, tonight, though, I wanted to try something from the road and uh, do a little show from my hotel. So if this ever happens again, I'm prepared and we'll know how this works. So thank you, my loving Darklings, for being a part of this very obscure You'll understand why I said that in a moment. And strange experiment. Joining me tonight on the show after sharing a weekend together in Columbus, Ohio, they got out unscathed and alive, but they're still willing to come back, at least virtually, to spend a little time with me and test the whole waters of having guests from my hotel room beamed in from their own homes. Ladies and gentlemen, from the Into the Obscure podcast and the Paranormal 60 News, please welcome Sweet Tea. Hey, Sweet Tea. Hello. Thank you for uh, joining me and doing this again. Not sure how this is going to go, and at any time I could be knocked offline. So this is this is exciting, exciting so stuff. Exciting. I haven't slept yet, and I feel like I haven't slept in a week, and I'm great. I'm still wearing pajamas from yesterday. How are you doing, Dave? I at least you have pajamas. I am in the same dirty shirt I wore today, and will be in tomorrow when I go back to the airport. Um, let's introduce our third guest for oh, the evening. Good. Yes. Well, no, there's the second guest. Oh, the, look at, she's already up premature. Bam. She's there I'm uh, in. joining us from the into the obscure podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Jenny Monroe. Hello, Jenny. Oh, it's Jenny. Hi, I guys. I recognize you. You look great. I know. I know. Yeah. I haven't seen you guys in a long time. I know. It's we crazy. had a delightful weekend at GalaxyCon Columbus. This is the last GalaxyCon of 
2023. I don't know what just happened to my voice there, but it was the last of 2023. And uh, I was pretty excited. We got to meet a major, major celebrity. All three of us were together when, ladies and gentlemen, all the way live from New York, the oh. Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. He was there, much smaller. You know, they say that the camera adds 40 to 50 pounds, but it apparently brings you down about 3,000 feet in size. Yeah, movie magic. Yay. Yeah, but he was delightful he was and tasted really nice. great. Yeah. Very happy. Very happy to see everybody. Mm -hmm. The costumes were delightful. Uh, look at this guy. He was dressed as uh, Captain Shaw from Picard. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, no, this is. This is Todd Stashwick. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I should not have said all those things to him then. No. No, I think he enjoyed it. I think he enjoyed <laughs> that you said he looks like a young Mickey Rooney. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah, that it was, was weird. It was weird, especially because I screamed it from across the room. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. But Todd Stashwick was there, my buddy from Star Trek, Picard, 12 Monkeys, uh, Supernatural. He was Dracula. He's been in so many amazing shows. And, and just continues to entertain and was just such a sweetheart of a guy. As a matter of fact, we got to sit down with him and a friend of his and uh, had breakfast and talked about the existential crisis that is Bigfoot and uh, the paranormal ghosts. I got to launch a couple and lob a couple of ideas and concepts towards him regarding that. And he seemed excited to be able to talk about it and share those moments with us. That was awesome. But we did get to meet, well, Jenny specifically got to meet one of the world's most famous and not so elusive cryptids. Ladies and gentlemen, Jenny Monroe. That's right. She was with Kermit the Frog. She met Kermit <laughs> the Frog, who it turns out is a skinwalker because not only is he green fabric, he's also Steve okay. Whitmer, the voice of Kermit the Frog. So pretty exciting mm -hmm. stuff. That was, that was nice. Stuff. Look at the joy, the pure, unadulterated <laughs> joy in Jenny's face. She looks like a schoolgirl in this one with her hands clenched and just pure glee as Kermit is reaching his arm creepily around her to put it around her shoulder. And I think he was going to pull her in for a kiss until she started giggling ridiculously. But, uh, yeah. Well, guys, whatever happened, it works. Jeez, yeah. oh, you guys are together quick. That is a hell of a, a relationship. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> Just me and Kermit. Congratulations. Mark wanted to know, did you ask him why it's not easy being green? Come on now. No, because I didn't want him to get all blue. That's true. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's where you see a guy that green of the blues that bad. That's right. Watch out for Piggy. Uh, Ed, you should have been there because our friend Jenny is a living Muppet. She, <laughs> she runs like Miss Piggy and her hair is curly and bouncy. And it was like we were hanging out with Miss Piggy the entire time. Uh, but our, our hijinks did not end just at GalaxyCon. We were told by uh, a small troll under a bridge about a fairyland that included a tiki bar and magical places and uh it was mikey's pizza by the late night slice i think or something like that something like that and we went in and it was a delightful little pizza parlor but down the stairs you must go and when you get to the bottom there's this weird crazy little tiki-ish bar yeah. that's in the basement um and it was elbows to buttholes packed <laughs> 
it was, people, there were so people. many people. Yeah. Short people had their elbows out. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. very people awkward and comfortable. Yeah. And and as you walked around in that area, there was an art exhibit going on. And I want you to know that the paranormal is showing itself all around us because while we were down there, we got to see paintings like this where we've got an alien with a big foot on a leash. Beautiful, cute, very sweet. Uh, there was also the Mona alien Lisa. I don't know exactly what that was, but I thought it was a very cool portrait. And the one thing I will notice, the one creature that stood out most to me this weekend, not Bigfoot, even though Bigfoot and Sasquatch are extremely popular. No, no, no. It was uh, Mothman. Mothman was everywhere this weekend. Absolutely everywhere from clothing to toys to stuffies to paintings in random places. I didn't expect to see it. And then the best part to me is as you're going up the stairs to leave the Tiki Bar, each stair has a lyric, and you quickly realize that you are being rickrolled the entire time up the stairs. And then when you get to the top flight of stairs, there's three more stairs, and it's uh, Rick Astley painted on each one. So uh, it was an amazing weekend. Thank you, GalaxyCon Columbus, for inviting us and allowing us to come out and speak and uh, share the paranormal with a wealth of people around the world. Uh, and I got to learn so much more about you two here uh, Jenny, I always thought you were kind of more the the Mothman cryptid fan Why until because I did. That's what I believed in my heart. I believed she was the more cryptid centric until you smacked me violently and said, "I like, I like Mothman, not her." But wait, I am the more cryptid centric. But she is the more Mothman centric because yeah. Mothman, not a cryptid. It's moth, it's man, it feels cryptid to me. But it's neither. It's but it's an entity. Mm -hmm. He's okay. more alien than anything, but yeah, I, I can see cryptid as well. Well, Pretty let's let's talk about that, because I did find that kind of an interesting element, and I wanted to dive into that. Again, talking about fear factor and the fact that, you know, what is the tolerance level for people and what, you know, what they find frightening? The concept of a Mothman does not sound frightening to me. It sounds fascinating and interesting, but that's talking about the concept of it. Now, if I were to actually confront a giant winged creature that swooped down from the skies with glowing red eyes and was all mothy, cute, and puffy, I don't know if I'd be afraid. Right, I don't know. I don't think he actually looks like a moth, and I don't know where moth came from. He's more of a Batman, but that was already taken, so... Yeah, don't even bring that up. I don't think we can afford the licensing for mentioning that. Um, I can't say the other one that's backwards either then. Yeah, yeah, kind of the same thing. But, well, talk to me about that because a lot of people do have that concept. And obviously when you go to Point Pleasant, West Virginia, there is a giant statue of a large humanoid moth man-like creature. That Cake for days, Dave. Cake people can days. rub his butt, right? <laughs> Um, but talk to me about this. What? So describe what Mothman has actually been described to, to look like. Uh, as far as I know, he's got uh, fleshy wings and uh, glowing red eyes. No apparent head. The wings like come out of his shoulder. About 12 feet tall, I think. Brownish, blackish. I think that's... So, all right. Do you remember Gossamer, the monster from Bugs Bunny? He was like guy? the big, big red hearted guy. Mm -hmm. So is that kind of it? It's like that just this giant yeah. head kind of built into shoulders that then go into wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and black or dark brown, I guess. I guess black, but when it's up against light, you can see fleshy wings, so it looks brown. Like where fleshy it, wings like a bat? Yeah. Okay. That's where my Where does it came. jump the track and become moth-like in its experience or in its in its descriptions? Do you know? I don't. I don't know where I might have been a newspaper that came up with the name and they just ran with it. I don't have any idea where anyone came up with that name. Well, if no. it's vaguely, it's if it's vaguely shaped like that, and it flies at night, then that is very similar to a lot of species of moths. That's true. So that it's not a it. stretch. They're really tiny, like though. The, yeah, they're smaller, yeah. and they look different aside from the no head. Yeah, I mean, they look. That's like a moths. big statement. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's your big takeaway, though. They do look different without a head. Um, <laughs> Thank you. A lot of people may not be familiar, though. There is a bat-like creature that has now been seen, for, if I understand this, for about five or six years, pretty regularly in and around the Chicago land area. Correct? Yeah, we call them the Sh Chicago Mothman. Even though he too is more like a giant bat. Yeah, uh, from all accounts, he's identical to the one in Point Pleasant. However, not the same. Your uh, your audio is kind of quiet to me, sweet tea, and I'm getting some messages from people saying that your audio's down, low volume. So I don't know if you want to. How's that? Is that any better? Yes, yes, and you're not wearing taffeta today, so I appreciate that. Not yet. <laughs> Let me just take That's off my later. shirt real quick. Yeah, is that better? Uh, let me just check my comments. Is that better? Are we getting a, a better volume out of that now? Yes. Oh, and look at this. Sandra, thank you for your bar tab on the extra night. Thank you, Sandra Kincaid, for a little love and a $19.99 donation coming my way. Um, so this this viewing of this Chicagoland Mothman, I mean, is this striking fear in people's hearts? Do people seem affected and impacted yes. by this, or is it more of a curiosity? It depends. There are multiple, multiple witnesses. There are the witnesses that just kind of see it and they're like, wow, that's weird. And then there are the people that are struck with doom when they see it and actually have some sort of interaction with it. There are people, there are a ton of people at O'Hare that see it, that work there, and they, uh, they are all terrified and they all tell people they work with and those people are like, yes, Everybody knows about the Mothman at O'Hare. Keep your mouth shut. All right. So there is this knowledge. Have have any of them, in, if you could boost, I guess, we're still being told you need to go up a few more notches in audio. Um, if, if so many people and employees are having eyewitness encounters with this being, and now the government task force have made it okay to admit uh, UAPs, alien interactions. Why do you think they're not actually taking advantage of that and and sharing that information? Have have any of the insiders come forward to say they fear for their job if they do talk about it? They've been told they will be fired if they talk about it and go publicly. But so many people right now all over the country are like, I don't get paid anything. I don't care anymore. Here's what I have to say. <laughs> so a lot of people are talking about it. And I don't know... Uh, I don't know why the government wouldn't just be open about it. They, they're not there yet. They can say that they are, but they're no, nowhere near being open about anything right now, in my But opinion. that makes me wonder if, if it's the government involved in that or if it's more just the, uh, the people at O'Hara that are trying to keep it oh, quiet. I can't yeah, I mean, say. 
Go ahead. If you think about it, I mean, like, you're going to shut down planes, you're going to shut down an airport that has trouble anyway whenever anything is shut down. And, yeah, that's that's a lot of people out of work. That's a lot of money lost, right? So... Yeah, I don't know that it's, yeah, I don't know that it's the government shutting them down or if it's O'Hare, but somebody is telling them to keep their mouth shut. Uh, Yeah, now, Jenny, your your audio is coming in a little quiet on us as well, so I'll let you know that if you want to bump up a bit. Um, But people are fearful of this. Uh, Is it because it's been threatening to them when they've seen it, or is it just because? It's a sense of doom that he people get when they are around mothman up close i can't i don't think that it's threatening or doing anything violent or anything i think that there is just a sense of doom around it it would be interesting do you know that the type of individuals that are reporting this are they uh, from any specific ethnicity no it's all over the map it is okay Mm -hmm. because i know that a lot of the hispanic culture seems to have some interesting folklore and legends and fears, uh, and then there are things that they uh, that they accept so beautifully, like you know the Day of the Dead and and mm-hmm. the way they conceptualize death and and communing with their ancestors that a lot of us would not. I just didn't know if maybe there was some kind of uh, maybe an angle on the Mothman that would have more of a uh, a cultural impact as opposed to just a frightening because it's a giant bat-like creature there's a lot of sightings as it seems like the two hubs for chicago and mothman are o'hare and the pilsen area of chicago they're all over but those are the biggest concentrations and pilsen has a huge mexican population Mm -hmm. and uh so yeah there are a lot of people that uh, are Mexican or and, and Hispanic that see, have seen it and have talked about it, but up at O'Hare, it's everybody. There's no like discernible race that has seen them. Azariana, I hope I said that name properly, uh, asks: Has there been any accidents at the airport? I know. And was it like 1981? There was that horrific plane crash that took place at O'Hare. Yeah, um, I don't think there's any been anything recently. No. Mm-hmm. Nothing that we're aware of that uh, that would have that kind of impact. But you know what? I don't remember what year it was, like 2006 maybe? There was a, a UFO that everybody yeah. saw. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Maybe. Well, it is interesting because this this bat-like creature is more in the last 10 years that it's been seen in and around the Chicagoland area. And if you haven't heard the story of the uh, O'Hara UFO, they actually shut down the airport. This large thing was hovering above it. Um, they claim that it was a, well, what's the kind of cloud formation that they were trying to put it, put it off as stratus cloud or I something. Know. I don't know. Stratocumulus probably. Oh, yeah. These, kind, these flat clouds. Look at you. Nerd of the night award goes to. You're welcome. Jenny Monroe, congratulations. Ah, That's, I'd like to thank everyone. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for being the only um, actual person in that running. Is there, uh, well, hold on, I'll get to your question in a second, Tammy, but the UFO was cited, but employees on the ground said this was not a, a cloud formation, and they wouldn't close down. I mean, planes take off all the time in and out of clouds, uh, even in storms. Uh, of course, especially so, out of O'Hare. Right. So it's not going to be a cloud formation to shut them down. It's going to be something much more 
uh, imposing. So that is interesting. And then have you guys ever heard that audio? Illinois has another really fascinating UFO sighting, uh, aside from the Mothman, and we'll get back to that stuff, the, the bat figure. Um, it was a UFO that was seen that I believe was said to be as tall as a 10-story building and the length of like two football fields. And it, it crossed over like three or four counties, and the police were talking to each other about it. At first, they thought dispatchers were joking until the police began seeing this craft coming over their area. Police from many different jurisdictions were following this craft. The audio exists. It's fascinating stuff. And I, uh, yeah, go, please. My friend Hawk was just telling me about this because he saw it. He I, saw it? Yes. And he was talking to people that were there, and they're like, yeah, this happens every once in a while. Every once in a while. That's what he told me. I don't know. So a enormous spacecraft just kind of floats over every once in a while. You're like, oh, that's the 12 o'clock. Because it looks like a 10-story like building. Everybody's just like, oh, now that they've got guy. it working in the air. Oh, <laughs> stupid work. today. Hmm. Yeah. He said it was as big as or as long as a football field. That's what I remember. And right. everyone just watched it go by. Yeah. And, and no police, one seemed troubled. The and you can look it up and it's, I can't remember the towns it was in, but um, I wanted to say it was somewhere near Joliet, maybe Warren even, but that they saw this craft. And the police are like, are you guys screwing with us? And it should be coming into your view, blah, blah, blah. I mean, how do you not see? I can see a plane which is probably 5, 10, 20 miles away as a fleck of light. How do you not notice a two-football-long field, 10-story high UFO coming across your town? And where does it go? I don't know. Does it just land and blend in with the other buildings? <laughs> <laughs> always here, always here. Always here. Oh, yeah. Whoa, guys, I think we just cracked a code on this one. <laughs> this is how they're bored? This is yeah. the aliens are here. They're always those big buildings that you see from the highway and you're like, that's a huge building. What could they possibly be storing in there? That's what they are. It's aliens, UFOs. Yeah. I'm telling you. Very strange. Do you still have that question up? I know uh, Winnie is in the background helping us out, and it was a question. Uh, Cheryl, was it Cheryl? Oh, where are we? I lost the question. It popped up and left. There was a question about the uh, Mothman. And oh, I if it was different from different regions. Uh, like if it's a different species in different regions. As far as I know, it looks the same in every region. Although it is interesting because in Papua New Guinea, they have had these um, viewings of what they call a pterodactyl. Mm -hmm. But from height, these long leathery uh, wings, this hunched over creepy creature that they think looks very uh, pterodactyl in nature. So there are versions of these flying birds. There's been the phoenix there's been, um, there used to be the big bird in Chicago, not just the statue, but remember there were rumors yeah. and, and uh, stories told of this. Yeah, yeah the giant thunderbirds that would yeah. show up in the Chicago land area. Well, and they've got them at uh, some of the national parks, right? Like, um, I think it's the Grand Canyon where there's been sightings sightings of pterodactyls. Welcome to Words is Hard Radio. <laughs> Jenny, you. you have now been officially indoctrinated. Um, and let me remind everybody for tuning in, this uh, tonight is an experimental show because I am trapped in Columbus, and I don't mean anything negative about that. Get me out. <laughs> I love Ohio, Columbus, you rock. Please let me go. I'm done. 
nothing wrong. Um, but uh, we're, we're testing this so that in the advent that I'm ever trapped in another state again and can I get home, I will be able to apparently do the show live from that hotel just using my phone. Uh, oh, look at that. Sybil Winfield. Oh. Dave, $10, some funds for you to help buy a shirt for tomorrow. Thank you. You can, is That's it that? appreciated. <laughs> yeah. Is it that? Um, coming over everyone the radio? at the Columbus airport is now going to be thanking her. Yes. Everyone. I was just going to pull off one of the hotel pillowcases and tear a hole in the top. Oh, and that's two, a good idea. Two holes up the side and just look like a sleeveless tee. And I'm kind of oh, looking for the gym. I'm going to buff yeah. out my chest. Yeah. Um, so why do you think, and, and I'll start with you this time, Jenny. Why do you think there's this uptick in popularity of Mothman? Has Sasquatch had his time? It's just now time for Mothman to be more popular. I, and I'm not trying to be sarcastic or a little bit. But seriously, yeah. why do you think he's taken off so big right now? Well, I'm going to try really hard not to take offense, first of all, that <laughs> he, with the concept that Bigfoot has had his time, because I think that that's not accurate. Um, but I do think that with all of the governmental discussion on aliens and UFOs, and then you get more and more, um, you know, little news stories about various cryptids, you know, Mothman's kind of one of those things that's been seen a lot. So it's not that surprising that more and more reports are coming in. It's kind of as something gets talked about a little bit more than something else from the paranormal comes creeping in. So I think Mothman was just kind of like next in line, especially with the recent sightings in Chicago. What are your thoughts on that, Tressa? I think it's more of like Bigfoot's been around forever, and I think that Mothman, uh, I think Tobias Whalen was telling us the first reported uh, sighting was like in the 60s or something, and mm -hmm. they didn't really ramp up at all until like the last few years. So it's still new to a lot of people, and now people are like, oh, Mothman, have you seen the statue? It's pretty hot. So now he's like <laughs> growing. And it's just like, it's bound to happen if a new cryptid's around. If, if it's a, right. And that makes me then question as well. And I do want to make a quick mention What's this? with the holidays here. Messages from Mothman by Greg Lawson. I don't know what, this is. Don't know what this is. It's a I've book written by before. Greg Lawson. And it's a book with a messages from Mothman, the title and a Rorschach of a vagina on the front. But yeah, I can uh -huh. see that. It, uh -huh. yeah. So if you want to pick it up, here's a cool little thing we have going on right now. If you buy it online, Amazon, whatever, buy it, send me the receipt at davidparanormal60.com around the 24th or 25th of December. I'm going to do a drawing. And out of those people, one of you will get an autographed copy of messages uh, from Mothman. One of you will get an autographed copy of my book. And one of you will get an autographed copy of the Bible written by God. <gasps> yeah. Wow. I ran that's, into him at a, at a small bookshop. Good. We were having coffee mm -hmm. and he was in there. I caught him signing his own book. Uh, and I'm like, God. And he, he, so he bought me a coffee. And uh, anyway, we're going to give away an autographed copy of Messages from Mothman from Greg Lawson, a copy of The Other Side from Dave Schrader autographed. And we'll have another cool little gift item in there. What you have to do is go buy Messages from Mothman at What's Amazon, that? send me the email receipt to Dave at paranormal60.com, and we will go from there. This does interest me because the concept that it's gaining popularity, um, 
makes me wonder how much of this is legitimately being seen and how much of it is people wanting to become part of the legend and lore and get the attention. And especially now that we're in the me first environment of social media and everybody needs a story and content to put forth, Mm -hmm. how much more should we be questioning these sightings? I think that's a fair way to look at it. However, I also think that a lot of like, I'm getting all this information most, if not all of it, from the Fortean, what is it? Help me out, Jenny. Uh, uh, the singular Fortean yeah, Times. Yeah, that's it. And they interview everybody personally. They don't post anything where they feel people are being untruthful, and they really vet the stories. Uh, it's and A lot of them are like, please don't publish who I am. I don't want to do this. And they're like, well, we don't trust you if you can't let us check you out. So... It's. It seems to be authentic, if not most of the time. Mm-hmm. So I do, and I trust everyone doing their work over there at Singular, singular Fortean Society, whatever. Um, they're great. I like that you <laughs> can only say it if it's in a sing-song manner. It's a lot of long words. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Level like toxic mixtilinity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I think that they're doing their job and I trust them. I think it's just going to continue, though, with each of the cryptids because, Mm -hmm. you know, people are getting more and more comfortable reporting UFO and alien encounters because more and more people are talking about them. More and more people will be comfortable with relaying their sightings. You know, there's that aspect to it, too, is people used to be automatically sort of deemed crazy or weird if they saw these things. And now it's that's not so much the case. But now you've got characters like Chupacabra who have gone through a radical uh, development change, right? He was this kind of leathery, bent-over, creepy-looking creature with wings and horns and is known as the goat blood sucker uh, and is attacking animals to now it looks very dog or canine-like in appearance. Um, uh, Also, large cat or mange-like animals seem to fall into the Chupacabra menu and and that seems to be kind of dissuading people from a fascination or an interest in it because there's such a varied you know at least with bigfoot we've got skunk man wild man uh the the skookum Mm -hmm. the uh bigfoot sasquatch yeti there's all these different we understand that that's kind of uh, traditional titles for these creatures in those areas but when you talk about chupacabra it's changed so radically through the times that again it makes me wonder if we've lost sight of what the creature really was if there ever was a creature and why are we all now more accepting that it's a dog-like beast as opposed to this creepy little fleshy beast with with bony back and uh and wings well, the same kind of transformation happened a little bit with nessie too nessie in the original reports did not look like the Nessie that we know today. Somehow it went from a smaller, more reptile creature that was much more reasonable for the area to to a giant, you know, dinosaur. Well, she's had some work done. I don't want to talk out of school, but uh, I read about it in the National Enquirer. And uh, Botox, as I understand it, really came from Loch Ness to begin with. So that could explain all okay. these large monster of- bumps. It's made out yeah. of algae? It's made yes. out of algae, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots and lots of algae. Lots, so much, mm-hmm. so much algae. What if it's just like a big worm that just has a lot of algae growing on it at this point? 
That, sure. room, that worm would be impressive. <laughs> I don't, you know what though? I, I, I've thought of all of the beings, Nessie sounds the least intimidating to me, least frightening. But if I were in the water with it, I wonder if I would feel that same way. I will be honest with you. Uh, when I got married the first time, I went to Hawaii for my honeymoon. I can't and, believe you uh, just admitted that. Oh my God. Did you what, that I've been married before? Or I that I went, you went to Hawaii. Hawaii. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And I have been, I don't know if you guys have heard the rumor, but I'm not an outdoors person. And <gasps> I found myself what? in the ocean multiple times swimming, sometimes by myself. Um, maybe I knew it was foreshadowing to what I could expect <laughs> in my life. But I was swimming along, having a great time, when all of a sudden I heard one of our captains, the skippers, call over, oh, everybody come, there's been a whale sighting. And I wanted nothing to do with the ocean again. Everybody's like, oh, whales. I'm like, they're giant monstrosities that they're cute to see from a distance. I almost said from SeaWorld, but I know that that's a no-no now. But yeah, I, no. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be in the water with one. I've seen, oh, look, we're in the little pontoon. And oh, look, and it comes up and it puts its flipper on the pontoon. And it's so cute until it like pushes down on the pontoon. Uh -huh. And right instead yeah they don't always talk about those stories but that 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 unhinges me i would rather run into dog man in the woods because i can beat him off with a stick Whoa. i mean just i could beat him with a stick Whoa. that might be better yeah it's uh yikes sometimes you got to think come about on. words before they yeah. come out of your mouth i see that now they're hard um, <laughs> the words oh okay uh but when you're in the water you have nothing to there's no ground to stand against. There's no... Listen, there's... I don't want to be in a lake with a fish anywhere near me. I don't want to be near La Loch Ness guy. No. <laughs> no. I do. Thank you for the pukey noises. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's uh, sweet tea, you and I, let's just rent a boat and we'll uh, ch Never chum the waters. It? Chum the waters of Loch Ness uh, Dragon Jenny in the back. <laughs> hey, just okay. Just dragging her around. She will the love water. it. We have a field I trip. I love it. Yes, it will be great. You guys will be up but, there doing your thing and chumming the water, but, and I'll be swimming. That's my swimming. Yeah, I like that. Uh, let's. We're going to take a quick break. Then I'm going to come back and talk about fear. Talk about the perception of fear, and and we'll also talk about ghosts and more creepy cr creatures as the show progresses. Thank you to all that have made donations and super love super stickers. Again, you can always make donations at Paranormal Sixty on Venmo. That's at Paranormal Six Zero. We'll be back right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized 
things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. All right, we're back on the show because I can't run a commercial from here. But I wanted to uh, welcome our guests tonight. We have uh, Tressa Slater and Jenny Monroe from the, uh, I know, I just want to give you the full name since they're going to hear you on Into the Obscure podcast. Uh, If you listen to the Paranormal 60 podcast network they are our wednesday show uh sweet tea joins us here live every wednesday night for the supernatural news and you can hear the audio version of that show thursdays but uh jenny and tressa and i just spent uh, a lovely weekend together at galaxy con in columbus ohio where we had a chance to mix and mingle with the hobnob celebrities and uh, a lot of you good folk and we loved hearing your stories and uh hearing you share and open up about the experiences um and boy i don't know if you guys remember there was a young boy in uh, uh i'm sorry young girl in one of our audiences who was just I've, I've had this ability since i was a little child and i said oh and how old are you 10 so when did this begin when i was 10 so yeah. they yeah. weren't wrong yeah but how calm, calm cool and collected this young person was yeah and uh, her older sister also being uh, open and special to see and experience the supernatural and paranormal. To me, that was really uh, an interesting element, but they they didn't show the fear. They were a little unnerved at the beginning, but they've grown into it and more accepting of the supernatural. But it's strange where we draw those lines to what we are frightened of. I can say, honestly, I've been in haunted situations where I've been knocked down. I've been bitten. I've been scraped and scratched and my back torn open, but it doesn't keep me from going into those haunted spaces again. I have never once been eaten by a whale or bitten by a shark, but I want nothing to do with the water. Uh, I have never once been mauled or beaten to death with my own arm by a Bigfoot, but I'm also not interested in putting myself in that place. Isn't it strange that we have those, those strange division lines of this is okay. I'm okay here, but I don't feel okay in these settings. What are you guys out of alien visitations or abductions however you want to look at it invitations bigfoot encounters um or a full-on haunted experience which would you prefer to have and which would be the least um acceptable for you and tressa why don't we start with you on that one uh i think i would prefer the ghost thing uh just because it seems very mm, benign i guess uh i don't want aliens in my house i don't want to go into outer space and be lost in outer space 
I right. don't want to be in the woods and be lost in the woods. I hate the woods. It's gross and dirty and yuck. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I think that covers yeah. it. You're yeah. welcome. So the least favorite for you would be what? The alien or the cryptids? Uh, I'm going to say cryptids because I don't want to go to the woods. Gross. Okay. All right. Yeah, because at least the aliens seem like they're clean when they're probing you, right? Yeah, exactly. Every you always hear it's sterile environments, mm -hmm. lots of white and silver and slabs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jenny Monroe from the Into the Obscure podcast, uh, live Tuesday nights and uh, heard here on our network on Wednesdays. What would be your favorite thing uh, to encounter, and then least favorite? Well, at Into the Obscure. Tressa and myself and our other host, Kara, have had this discussion because we are all very afraid of different things uh, completely. So I'm super ready. I love the outdoors. I love diving. I want to go see the cryptids. I want to go see the weird stuff in the water. Um, absolutely. Ghosts, I'd be okay with. I think it's a little bit more... Ghosts, I feel like, would be emotionally jarring to me, and and I'm afraid of my emotions, as any good <laughs> individual is, healthy Meh. individual. Aliens, I think, would top that top that list because I don't I don't know where I would be in that situation. I don't know what they would want in that what scenario. Kind of I don't know if I'd go they home. I I don't know yeah. if they would be, you know, kind or gentle or mean and. You know, Listen, you if we're know. talking home turf, yeah, aliens all the way, but don't take me into space. I don't want to be lost in space. That's scary. Well, wait, but no, uh, that's their home turf. I don't want to be around them. Yeah, my home turf. If you're going to do Ed the probing. <laughs> Ed Levin my... says he just tries to avoid carnies. That's his biggest that's fear. That is. Yeah. As well, you should. Yeah. As well, you uh, should, sir. You know, I joke a lot about the out of doors and, and being fearful of it. I really don't mind it. And I love actually when I've been out in the outdoors and finding some, uh, when I was in um, Scotland, we visited this place called the Waverly and it was an unprecedented stop. We just literally had extra time that day and travel. And our guide, Mike said, Dave, uh, we have time. I would like to take you in your, your tour group somewhere. So we drove down this place and we got out. And this, to me, was like it was straight out of the Labyrinth movie. It was out of any kind of amazing fairy world you could imagine. It was truly one of the most beautiful sights I've ever seen. And just walking amongst it, if you didn't believe in magic before, you would here. And I felt, um, I, I just, I've never seen that kind of beauty ever in my life in the outdoors. And I would go there, I would sleep there, out in the out of doors. Um, there was this fallen tree that was so amazing. It had hollowed out. To, it looked like a throne the way it was. And it was surrounded with this ivy and flowers and the clover around it. And it was so stunning. And the sun was coming through the trees. That to me was so beautiful and fascinating. And I did call out to the we people in the Fae and I had asked to please have an experience of the sighting. And I came there with pure art. I just, I wouldn't even take my camera out. I took it to take pictures of the area. I put the camera away and just wanted to have that moment. And it wasn't until later that I was told that's probably the scariest thing I could have done was invite the Fae to me and uh, to let me enter their realm, which is what I asked. I, I would love to have stepped into their realm. I feel like I did. I really do. As a full-grown adult man, I felt like I stood in a magical land, and I would love to go back there. Um, that I hear they have great food. 
Yeah. At well, Fairyland? Uh-huh. Yeah. And, I don't know. And those do places they? are everywhere. I mean, we here. have we have so many of those places like here in the US mm-hmm. or really any place that you want to go in the middle of some of those national parks. I mean, I've been in some jungles, I've been in some huge older forests, you know, all over the place. I've been in the middle of the Sahara and these these things are stunning. These sites are stunning. And and I've been in the water with things like sharks, um, larger creatures that could potentially injure me. And you're so overwhelmed at that moment with the beauty and just the awe of the natural world that there's no room for fear. I disagree with you. I just knowing I was in the ocean and there might be a whale within a hundred mile radius of me. I wanted nothing to do with it. Uh, I mean, I stopped peeing while swimming for fear that it would find me. So I just uh, and he never like, stops peeing when he's swimming. Never. It's he just a. Never it's stops just, peeing. It's so warm and comforting. Um, I get you, but it is. It's interesting how that to you is a thing of beauty and awe. Uh, and and it has no, I have no desire to see something or experience something like that. A dolphin, yeah, you know, I've I got to swim with a dolphin. I've I've since been informed of how horrible that is for the dolphins. Uh, only not because of PETA, but because the dolphin wrote me a very nasty letter afterwards, <laughs> yeah. which I thought was rude. I mean, I paid to be there, and uh, right. I tried to be a gentle lover, but that mm. is beside the point. Um, yeah, so I've I've. That was a really remarkable moment being around uh, dolphins that they allowed, you know, the dolphins could do what they wanted. There was no command that they had to do any one thing, but they would come up to you and say, if you wanted to dance, you could put your hands out. And then it would, some of them did, some of them didn't. And I had the one that came up and grabbed onto my hands with its flippers and wanted to slow dance. And it was really sweet and very cute, but I was in a safe environment if I was in the ocean, I can't see below that waterline. Maybe that's the problem uh-huh. is when you can't see. Yeah. Aaron says, I'm glad the dolphin wrote you a diplomatic letter. It did not sound diplomatic. No, <laughs> no, 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 it sounded like the start of a lawsuit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was pretty sad actually. Uh, what do you guys make of this concept that uh, this has been bandied about? Obviously we know that at one time dolphins were in fact land animals, that they were land mammals in their flippers are phalanges fingers. Um, there is a concept that the grays that were here on earth at one point had to either evolve or de-evolve to be able to deal with the harsh surroundings at the time and then entered the water Dolphins are extremely intelligent. They have a slit for a mouth. They have big eyes and that gray, rubbery skin that is often uh, associated with the grays. What are your thoughts that maybe dolphins are ancestors or are uh, the, the, they're not the ancestors, but they are the, the offspring of gray, that the grays that have been on our planet? I'm not buying it. If the grays are somehow, I, I, you know, I'm I'm not buying it either. I would sooner buy that the octop that the octopus is, is well, the something to do octopus with aliens, and jellyfish. Sure. Uh, they're saying don't. They're they're not the, the doctors, scientists, whatever you call them, uh, phlebotomists. Probably not the right word. No, um, no. all <laughs> uh, kind of concur that that uh, they seem to not be of this earth in a sense. Right. Um, 
the cuttlefish, another strange mm-hmm. creature that has amazing adaptable abilities. So it's, it, but I don't know, to me, I could see that concept. Having looked into the eyes of a dolphin, there was... in love with a dolphin? I, I might be. <laughs> I it's, so. I've been working on a song uh, with my new bandmates from Savory Pudding about it, but uh, <laughs> I'd like to hold that for a future paranormal. <laughs> That's the band that the three of us created this weekend. Um, Savory Pudding, watch out for it. Uh, the... But but there was something interesting about that that I did feel like it was more of a sentient being than a a, a fish, if that makes sense. And I know you it's know not what? a fish, but right. it felt more closely human than many of the people I know. I think that's um, I think that's just human arrogance. I think that the a lot of animals are a lot smarter than we think that they are, but we're humans, so they're big dumb idiots. I think mm-hmm. I mean. Dolphins are smart. Yeah, so we're pigs, but no one gives them any credit because they're pigs. I do. I give pigs a lot of credit Good for same. being tasty. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tina, keep your emails because you're killing trees sending me those letters all the time. <gasps> yeah, true. Think about it. Anyway, um, fear. When people have fear, it's coming from an interesting place. I had an overwhelming fear of death and of snakes. I can't give you a reason why I was feared of snakes <laughs> other than, the, fa- other than the fact that they're, they're very bitey and poisonous. Oh, I'm sorry. I just found out to me. Snakes are not poisonous. They're venomous. Yeah. There is difference. However, there is a snake that is both venomous and poisonous because the snake eats poison frogs. So when it, eats it, it absorbs the poison and it pushes it out through its neck so that predators that come to try to bite at it will be poisoned by the frog poison being emitted through the snake's neck. Snakes are snaky. They're sneaky. They're sneaky, sneaky. (laughs) And that's why I don't like them because look, they can adapt and like, oh, imagine that if I'm like in a bad place and some jackass at a table next to me at a conference decides he wants to fight me if I could just like, and then all of a sudden like, bacon grease poured out of my neck so he couldn't grab me (laughs) no that would be awesome why are you getting mad at the snake though because like the frogs do the same thing i'm mad at the snake i'm not mad at the snake you are seeming combative i'm very combative i wish i could just (laughs) emit some poison right now jenny No, I get it. But it's this, obviously, there's a good reason to fear snakes. Like, there's a good reason to fear fire. But having a healthy respect and understanding of them will keep you safe on both sides. Um, So that's an interesting deal. I had an an ayahuasca journey that really kind of broke me from my overall fear of snakes. Tell Um, us all about that, Dave. No, I've I've covered it ad nauseum on my show. I'll be happy to come on your show and talk about it at some point. Wonderful. But uh, the... And, and that episode is actually, if you're watching on YouTube or listening, you can go back in the episodes like Serpents and uh, Death or something like that. And I talk very openly and I did it like within a week or two of my journey so that it was all very fresh in my mind. And maybe I'll put it up as an extra bonus episode uh, replanted here so that you guys can hear it for yourself. But that really was a powerful experience for me. And it broke me a lot of my fear of snakes, giving me different perceptions uh, of the way to look at them and look at what they represent in many different cultures that came to me from this these visions, which was amazing. But, you know, I say I'm not afraid of 
death. I'm not afraid or I'm, I'm you know, I don't want to, I don't welcome death. I'm not in any hurry to get there. Um, my, my overall fear is not as great as it once was. Uh, I'm learning to get through these things, but, and I say, I'm not as afraid to go into a haunted location and have an encounter with a ghost. But again, that's, I haven't seen like the scary ghosts that are, you know, mad or look bloodied like they just died and they're trying or to knock you them. down or assault you anyway. But I haven't seen those. <laughs> and you know what? It was like to me almost that was less frightening because just getting knocked down, I could imagine that it was just a pissed off ghost. It was just giving me a shove. It wasn't a headless horseman. It wasn't a right. It's in the way you look and in the way it's presented. Like if I saw the, the ghost child that bit me in the arm, I was more frustrated. No. No, don't do that. We can talk <laughs> about this. Don't bite me like I would to my grandson. And then I send him to a ghostly timeout. But <laughs> like if I saw the kid and his, you know, like eyes hanging out of his socket and, you know, he's dragging his foot and he's coming after me, that would be terrifying. And then all of a sudden I turn around and he's right there and ah, bites me on the arm. I would poop. Uh, <laughs> but I guess not seeing it is not as frightening to me. I don't know how I would react if I if I really saw one of these scary ghosts and i've never had that happen yet i can say thankfully but you're com you're comfortable around around ghosts you've been around the paranormal for your entire life right so this is something that is a little bit more normal to you than it is to say me like i have not been investigating ghosts i have not had experience with any kind of apparitions you know, I've had experience with the natural world. So that to me is less frightening than, than uh, something from the ghost. Mm. You've been around area. the natural world. Hmm. That's an interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been around. I've but... dated around. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've just we been know around. What you're saying. I, yeah. mm -hmm. Just frogs yeah, no, cool. green, green frogs made out of uh, felt jackets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's totally I'm natural. In, you see I'm those. And... Natural. I'm mm -hmm. natural. Yeah. <laughs> Nashville? Uh, what about Nashville? <laughs> Damn it, Jenny. But it makes sense. You're more afraid of things that you are not comfortable with and that are more of the unknown. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, to me, the whole Bigfoot concept is I still have not come across a Bigfoot hunter that has given me a confident enough answer that I would want to go out with them. Right. And because you don't most like of them, anyway, most of the well, time. Well, no, but, so... but here's the deal. They don't take a gun, which I respect. Yeah. Because if Bigfoot is a sentient being, it's going to know if it's in danger, so it's not going to show itself. But when I say to them, so then what's the plan? Well, what do you mean? So you round the corner, and there's Bigfoot. Eight, nine feet tall, hairy, giant, bipedal, hulking mass. Do you just put out your arms for a hug? Do you <laughs> do you kneel? Um, yeah. you, oh, I shouldn't say that. I will say this. Dr. Um, uh, Maria Meyer from uh, Expedition Bigfoot, or Mayor, um, she said she would lower her head and, and put out her hand and show uh, kind of this uh, subservient sense to it to try to keep it from being angered, which that's the first person I've spoken to, but that's because she's a primatologist. She knows the animal kingdom. Mm -hmm. So that to me was a fascinating, but I don't feel comfortable with most big footers because they have no plan. I'm pretty sure if you round the corner and you're within four to five feet of these giant things and they roar at you, that's maybe the last thing you see. 
Well, I would have no confidence either because not only do they not have a plan for Bigfoot, but a lot of the areas that Bigfoot hunters go to look for Bigfoot are in areas that have other very large predators, you know, yes. like bears. Tabitha Meadows said we should bring Tabitha Meadows said we should bring a whole chicken. I think that's John Belushi that wanted a <laughs> oh, whole chicken yeah. from the Blues Brothers, not Bigfoot. <laughs> I could be wrong. Here's your chicken. Let Here's me just carry your... let me just carry this delicious uh <laughs> treat with me into the deep dark woods with no form of self-defense. Surely no other predators will smell this. It'll be fine. Day Trooper GW says I'd faint. Uh I'm just trying to look at all of these. <laughs> Heidi Severson says, you make the Chewbacca call and put your arms out. <laughs> I like that. Crystal, my okay. sister from Anonymous. Okay, that's just uh, trying to read through here quickly. I have an, uh, Mark says, I have an EVP of something laughing at me, uh, asking a very serious question. I nearly had to change my pants. Yeah, those are <laughs> scary moments. Um, never eat food from the other side. That's what uh, Azariana says. What if it's uh, delicious? Yeah. Mm. Whole chicken and dry toast. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I believe I can de defend you from a Bigfoot, bro. We got this. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. Yourself. Yeah, exactly. What are we going to do? Over the I top. Over the top. That's no. And yeah. I don't share my McRibs, so I know. You know, it's going to get ugly. Not even um, like two bites. Mm -mm. Mm. No, man. Get That's your right. own. Really, we're not that close, you know. You think we are, but uh, we're not when it comes to that. Uh, hey, we do have to take just a few second break. We will come back. We've got a little bit more to discuss. Stay tuned. We'll do that right after this. Innovation, creation, vitality, and joy are the pulse of MySoulTopia.com. With many custom creations for the mind, body, and spirit, along with classes, intuitive sessions, coaching, and healing energies. MySoulTopia.com strives to bring sophistication with a twist to the metaphysical and the holistic market while raising the community's vibration and channeling the new paradigm, which means new and exciting adventures for all. MySoulTopia.com is utopia for your soul. Visit MySoulTopia.com, your one-stop shop for all your metaphysical needs. Offering hand-selected crystals and crystal jewelry with prices to fit every budget. MySoulTopia.com offers the best selections of tarot and divination cards by top designers. Expertly curated and award-winning book collections from top authors on every subject you'll need on your spiritual journey. MySoulTopia is also proud to offer the finest singing bowls and an eclectic collection of the most amazing gemstones, crystals, and crystal jewelry from the top metaphysical designers in the world. MySoulTopia.com is always your one-stop shop for award-winning mixes of Florida water, sage spray, and other spiritual protection. So begin your journey with the best resource, MySoulTopia.com. That's MySoulTopia.com. Why mess with the rest when you can start with the best? MySoulTopia.com. Again, that's M-Y-S-O-U-L-T-O-P-I-A.com. 
Jenny always shares me yeah. with her sandwiches. She's always giving me half of her sandwich. I don't yeah. know why you have such a problem with it, Dave. What are you? Uh, what are we yeah. talking about? We're talking about sandwiches. Weren't we just talking about yes. sandwiches and sharing no, sandwiches? We're, you guys are crazy. <laughs> Here is uh, something. Uh, Jenny, maybe this will give you a little bit better insight on something that Sweet Tea and I know all, all too well. my son Damon at the age of four who already <laughs> knew the most magical place is indoors and stayed yes. Yeah, that's from Spongebob. Yeah, he learned it from Spongebob, so that's uh, oh. I'm glad that my son has taken taken a surrogate father and it is a little yellow man in brown britches. I'll take that. Yeah. He could have done worse. Traitor. I don't I don't need any any more trouble on this one. I've been trying to get Tressa to come with me to the outdoors <laughs> for like a while and you were not helping me. She Let just me wants to murder me out there. <laughs> I know I that's know. where it comes. It's okay. Yeah. It'll be sweet, sweet, uh, sweet tea. and tea. Yeah. Yeah. It'll yeah. be sweet. I'll feed you a McRib first. Yay! And let's go. Yeah. <laughs> tomorrow night, you guys are live on Into the Obscure. What's uh, what's the topic? Who's your guest? We'll we'll be talking to Bree Haldine's head, correct, Jenny? Yes, it is. All right, <laughs> it is I have correct. Not. <laughs> what when it comes to anything that's like official? Does everything begin to sound like a song in question at the same time, Jenny? We we are gonna be talking to her and she's all over the place. She goes on these road trips. Listen, I thought she yep. was like funny with the amount of road trips that she takes. Mm -hmm. She's she's like my age and I'm exhausted just watching her do these things. When does yeah. she sleep? Not at the hotel. I, hotel beds suck. Uh, no, true. she doesn't. Apparently, she just doesn't sleep. Oh no, she runs on ghosts and uh, energy drinks. And she oh, has spent nice. this year. I think she's spent so many nights at haunted locations. You guys yeah. are in for a treat. Hitting her up, talking to her about all the strange places she's had a chance to see and investigate. That's live tomorrow on Into the Obscure, and you can find them on YouTube channel as well. So make sure to watch them live. Go subscribe so that you don't miss out on any of the fun that can be heard there with Kara, Tressa, and Jenny on Into the Obscure. And then remember, you can listen to their audio episode right here on the Paranormal 60 Audio Network every Wednesday. Um, and we don't have a whole lot of time here. I mean, I know we've been known to go over 60 minutes from time to time. But, um, and I, I've got comments i want to just make sure i'm covering comments too if uh, anybody else has any other last questions or thoughts uh oh this was so nice wendy says hey dave so nice to meet you i appreciate that thank you very much let's see um da, 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 da. hilton beds are the best that's what sandra says gonna snack on christmas cookies from starbucks thanks for bringing that up um <laughs> yeah all right so nobody else says anything it always turns to cookies in our chat. I don't know if you guys have noticed cookies that. Cookies are great. I don't yeah. know if you knew this, but cookies are delicious. They. I did. Let Except me check. for the outside. Cookie There's bells. breaking news. You're correct. Cookies are delicious, according Jenny, to every person that's ever been alive. Yeah. Um, so we've talked ghosts. We've talked some, some cryptids a little bit on the alien concept. Uh I'm going to ask you guys a question, a favorite question of mine. If you could, there's a room with four doors. Um, behind one of the doors is the answer to, is there a God? 
then behind the next door is you would know without a doubt is there a bigfoot the next are there aliens and the next do we survive the physical life what door would you open up you can only open one and you can't ask any questions about the other things so like you can't open up the door to god and be like god does bigfoot exist that's a cheat <laughs> you can only now know that god does exist uh, what would, which door would you choose jenny that we go on do we go on okay so you want to know if we do become ghosts and if there is an afterlife yeah. all right sweet tea uh, I feel like I am pretty uh, strong and fast in my own beliefs, so I would just go with Bigfoot because I don't really care. <laughs> that's very, uh, that's very shallow and and uh, short sighted of you. Thank you, I appreciate what? it. What? I'm going to tell the world my answer? No, it's all for me. <laughs> <laughs> for me? Uh, no, I appreciate that. Uh, those are, are excellent points. Out of the takeaway, what you guys you heard a lot on the paranormal this weekend and stuff that maybe is not necessarily your forte. What, Tressa, did you find the most fascinating from discussions this weekend at Galaxy Cod regarding the paranormal? Uh, I really enjoy listening to Sharice talk about, Sharice Williams talk about uh, how or why some people react differently to uh, uh, hauntings and uh, the ghosts and whatnot. They just, it's just how people react. They have different energy. It's like the same with uh, food reactions. Some people can drink milk, some can't. I thought that was real fun. Yeah, that's a good, good piece of information. How about you, Jenny? Now you got to come up with something different. <laughs> oh, man, but her answer was so good and appropriate. Well, then next time, maybe you should think of it first and yeah, have me ask you. Uh -huh. yeah. I know, God. Uh, no, I had been, mine is also around Sharice, though, because I had been wanting to talk to her since she was on an episode. <laughs> Wait, of let me get this straight. I did six talks this weekend. You sat in on all of my talks. Sharice did a 20-minute talk, and all you learned was from Sharice? We've you heard your shtick forever. We have seen so many of your discussions, so many of your talks, sir. I, I always bring something it. new. I always bring new things. And no, it was all Go ahead. Very so good. what did Cherise so, What did Cherise teach you? I want to know. <laughs> well, I was talking to her about her practice of witchcraft and how to sort of develop that in my own life and she pointed me to some interesting places and gave me the names of a couple of books and I appreciate that. Oh. It I'm wasn't even about something things. in a talk. It was something you had in a private conversation. I don't think that counts, but that's yeah. fine. That's Whatever. Fine. That, yeah, was that's, that's that was not the question. Oh, what what a surprise. Was. Cherise pointed you to her books. Uh, <laughs> no, that her was books. A, I didn't see that one coming. Not her books, although she writes delightful books. She does. She writes some great books. And yeah. You said it had to be paranormal because, frankly, everything after Kermit was just gravy. Yeah. Anything that, that happened after meeting Kermit was just just extra little clouds of fluff. And 80% anime. Now you can see why Jenny is probably 82% uh, Muppet herself. If you're watching, you're seeing the, the arms flail. I can understand. I can understand things so much better, so much more clear. <laughs> Uh, hey, let me just mention, everybody, the holidays are right around the corner. Maybe you'd like a tarot reading, or maybe you'd like to give the gift of a tarot reading to a friend, a relative, a coworker, maybe even an enemy. Maybe you want this enemy to get a tarot reading so they can learn to lighten the up. 
Well, why don't you try out Love and Lotus Tarot with Winnie Schrader? If you're watching, all you have to do is scan the QRC code right there on the screen, or you can head over to Paranormal60.com. That's Paranormal60.com. Click on the Love and Lotus tab, and you can go in and schedule your own reading or buy a reading for a friend, relative, loved one, maybe your pet. She's not picky. Just go ahead and check it out, Love and Lotus. Uh, ladies, thanks for this little experiment uh, tonight. I appreciate it more than you can imagine. Oh, uh, you, it was Dave. great getting this opportunity to chat with you in a, a, a nice little way and follow up on our fun weekend of exploration with the supernatural, the paranormal, sci-fi nerds, and more. So, uh, again, Into the Obscure podcast can be seen live Tuesday nights, heard right here Wednesdays on the audio podcast network as well. Any last parting words that you'd like to share with our, our audience of tens around the world right now? Nope. <laughs> Come listen to us. We're delightful. We're a real treat. Thanks, Jim. Very good. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope that the darkness is just a little bit more light with the information that we share on programs like this. And I thank you for taking us along on your journey and allowing me to be a part of that journey. And so many of you really touch my heart and soul when you come up to these conventions and talk to me about how long you've listened and how the shows have meant something to you. So thank you. That means more than you can ever possibly imagine. I will be back. And tomorrow you get a bonus episode. You can check it out noon. It will be live. And uh, we are going to be talking about witches, warlocks, and the crone. That is tomorrow right here, noon, and then the audio will go up right after that. And then Wednesday, we are back with the Paranormal 60 News, and I hope you will tune in to check that out as well. For Tressa Slater and Jenny Monroe of the Into the Obscure podcast, I'm Dave Schrader. Thank you for listening to the best in paranormal programming. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is my Paranormal 60. (laughs) 